I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to the Look Sports Media Championship podcast, hosted this week by myself, Lewis Railton, and I'm joined this week by Chris and Jordan. How are you doing, lads? Yeah, yeah, good to be here. Good to see football back once again. Yeah, not too bad, thanks, mate. Another weekend gone. More action again. Yeah, all that, all that jazz. Yeah, great, great to have you both on. Unfortunately, we're going into an international break, so I'm not sure if we'll be here next week, but. We've definitely got a great episode aligned today. Lots of stuff going on. For example, Rotherham manager Matt Taylor has been sacked from well, from Rotherham, obviously. The Millers have went many games without a win and we decided to pull the plug at this moment in time. Chris, do you believe that was the correct decision? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was the correct decision in the end. You know, uh, absolute hammering by Watford, and we spoke about them last week. Watford, when they played Huddersfield, and called it one of the most boring games of a weekend, and then they're putting five past Rotherham. So, I think it does show the golfing class at the bottom of the table at the moment between the sides and the bottom three. Yeah, certainly. We saw many games as of recent, especially that two 0 defeat against Wednesday. It just summed up the last stages of Taylor's career. Would you suggest there was a bit of a a lack of vision, Chris, for the Millers and their structure perhaps didn't work? Um, I don't fault it as lack of vision, really. I think it's just more down to sometimes managers can't get certain players to play for them. And it's not necessarily a fault of a manager. Sometimes things just don't work out when you go to a club and you know, we've seen it before in the Premier League with Unai Emre when he was at Arsenal. It didn't work out for him there and now he's flying with Aston Villa. So sometimes it is just a case of disagreements between the higher-ups at the club possibly and the manager themselves. Yeah, you do certainly see it many occasions with Unai Emre, right person at the wrong time or just at the wrong club. And comparing the squad for Rotherham to last season, for example, the 
without Ogbeni on the wing. And I feel like the squad you could potentially say is maybe a little bit out of out of shape for the championship. You think, Jordan? Possibly, yeah. I think I think with Rotherham, I think most of the time with them, I think if they if they do survive in the championship, it's it's a successful season. It's not happened uh, quite a bit up until until last season. But yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably say so. You mentioned um, Ogbené leaving as well. You know, it was a big it was a big play for them. They did bring in a couple of names who 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 are interesting on paper. Um, Sam Nombe, I think Matt Taylor Adam at Exeter is a player that I I like a lot. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an it's an interesting one with them. You mentioned that they said that they haven't won for a little bit. They they've only picked up what one in a, one win in eleven, I think. And with, I think with that Sheffield Wednesday defeat in particular, the writing was starting to appear on the wall. It, it really wasn't. It really wasn't great viewing at all, and especially the performance that day as well. Granted, they did pick up a good result against Ipswich in the week as well, but yeah, you can't lose. You just can't lose five 0 in any game, really. Uh, let's be honest, and ultimately, it's cost Taylor's job. Yeah, I mean, of course, they're not bottom of the league as well. But do you think just the other two teams in the drop, QPR and Sheffield Wednesday, being so well, putting it very bluntly, being awful? Do you think? That flatters them a little bit, Chris. It makes it not look not as bad of a job as Taylor's actually made. Yeah, I think I think the results have been poor, and as Jordan said, you can't lose five nil to anyone. But especially when it's a team who are in the position Watford are in, where things aren't going well for Watford themselves. But I think QPR might. Jump, I, I think QPR will still go down with them, but I think they might actually jump above Rotherham, to be fair. Uh, Quifentes might get some form going and QPR might give it a go at getting out, but I do think that we just see all three sides in the relegation zone relegated uh, quite early. Yeah, certainly, and only time will tell if we do see Rotherham down there at the end of the season. It's very dependent on the next man they do bring in is a manager. A few names circling so far. Of course, there's nothing concrete because the the news has just came out in the past 24 hours. But names such as Gary Rowett, Chris Wilder, Carl Robertson, John Eustace on there. Likes of Gary Monk, Neil Warnock, Nathan Jones and Danny Cowley. Any of them jumping out of you, Jordan, that you think would be a safe pair of hands to take Rotherham potentially to safety? I think there's a few. I think with most of the names you've mentioned, I think would be would be a decent uh, appointment for Rotherham. Um, in terms of the names you've mentioned, I mean Chris Wilder is. I mean he's close, but he's got his Sheffield United things, and there has been a few rumours um, if Paul Heckingbottom doesn't um, pick up at Sheffield United. But I mean, look, I'll be amazed if in the full running, as much as they've. They very much might like a vision for the long term. I think looking at short term, I'll be amazed if Neil Warnock's not in the running. He, he knows the club. He's been there before. Um, and ultimately, I think even with the squad he's got, they've got, I think you, you know what you're getting with Warnock. You know that his teams will work hard. You know, he'll pick up he'll pick up the odd result. He'd, quite frankly, I thought he performed a miracles last year at, Hud, at Huddersfield. So, yeah, I'll, I'll be amazed if he's not in the running. John Eustace as well be a great appointment. Um, 
seems unlikely for me at the moment, but early time will tell. But yeah, I, th- I think there's certainly some names in which in there that could give Rotherham some sort of a fighting chance, but we'll just have to see what happens on that side. Yeah, you've mentioned that uh, John Eustace there, uh, obviously, it's a massive gulp in form for when uh, Birmingham had him and then when they took in Wayne Rooney, they went from 6th to 16th, I believe. But do you believe it's a bit of a bit too much to wish for, Chris, to get John Eustace in? Is that a little bit... I, do I don't think so. I, I I think he'd take any job in the championship right now. Um, no no disrespect to him when I say that, but I think now, after the way he left, the way Birmingham parted company with him, and, and in my opinion, quite a disrespectful thing to do, to be honest. And we saw it before when they appointed Zola um, over Gary Rowett, and they fell down, nearly got relegated after being in the playoff spots under Rowett. But I, I think he's got a point to prove and Rotherham would be his perfect chance to prove that point. Yeah, certainly. Do you not think he it might be in the back of his mind that he might want a bit more stability, maybe a bit more of a future in the championship and a club which is more destined for the championship rather than Rotherham, which is in a state of 50-50, like a Norwich City or a Co- Coventry, perhaps, if they did get rid of Robbins? I could see... I could agree with you there, but I don't... I think... Robbins just signed a new contract with Coventry City, so he's quite far off leaving the club. Um, And I believe it has been made public that they have his backing. But um, as for Norwich, they don't look to be getting rid of Wagner anytime soon either. So I I think Rotherham is the only job in the championship he could realistically take at this point in time. Yeah, certainly. And one... Name that does obviously stand out on that list, Nathan Jones coming in. Jordan, do you think? I mean, I say he's got Premier League experience. It's fairly limited. I think it's safe to say. Mm-hmm. But do you think that would be a, a good appointment for the Millers, or is that one you'd be fairly cautious of? Um, I'm always under the impression with Nathan Jones. I'm just not sure. You could you could see what he did. Um with Luton, pretty much faultless at Luton, the, the job he did there over two spells. But it wasn't just that spell at Southampton uh, in the Premier League when, quite frankly, it was a nightmare. Um, his spell at Stoke as well. Maybe you see those maybe clubs with a bit more expectation, especially with Stoke in the Championship. Um, I think maybe with a club that, you know, Rotherham, I do feel are a bit like Luton to some extent. Around around this time, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say no. I I, I think I think Rotherham have the players that fits a Nathan Jones system, um, or or most of them anyway. Um, I wouldn't disregard it at all. But I, could he look for maybe somewhere? I don't know, a bit more high Kelton possibly. Um, he he's just a character as well. Um, as as we've all seen, Nathan, I'm 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 not sure. I'm on the fence. He'd definitely come and help. I I definitely say that. But I think in terms of maybe like a, I say somewhat bigger club, if an opportunity arises, I mean, I I'll be honest, I won't put it against him. No, certainly, Nathan Jones is definitely a bit like Marmite. You either love him or you wouldn't want to touch him a ten barge pole. But yeah. Rotherham certainly are suffering at the minute. Twenty second, third bottom of the table and I think they're 
the staple of a club that are struggling this season in the championship, particularly against the likes of Leicester, the likes of Southampton, the likes of Leeds. Do you think, Jordan, that we're seeing a bit more of a, a golfing class this championship and the strength of it is bigger than ever? I think it's definitely up for debate. I think you see, especially with the team, the three teams that came down, so Leicester, Southampton and, and Leeds, quite easily with what they've got now, were solid Premier League teams that they've got. And then you've seen some more clubs coming in as well, has got has got some some money behind him. I, I say Ipswich as well. I mean, the job Kim McKenna's done there and the season they're having um, is fantastic. But I'm not going to hide the fact that they do have money to spend. And I've, we've seen quite a few times they're not afraid to spend that money with the likes of Jack Taylor, Nathan Broadhead um, that they brought in. Just a couple of other team, teams as well. Sunderland are gradually getting better year, year by year under Tony Mabry. He's done a fantastic job. Couple of couple couple of others as well. Um, Mid- Middlesbrough look a look a unit as well. Uh, quite easy, I think, could quite easily hold their own in the in the prem as well, especially under Michael Carrick. All right, they maybe have had a slow start to the season, but they've really picked their game up and with a big win against Leicester. Uh, just one thing I will say though, you say that the quality, but I do think at times as well with the other teams as well, I feel like it's got considerably weaker. Um, I'm not sure what you think, but with some of them as well. I mean, Sheffield Wednesday, I don't think they have the best of squads on paper for the Championship anyway, and it's proven. Same with Rotherham. Um, QPR to to an extent as well. Um, I I just don't think that... just think the squad's considerably weak. I mean, QPR have been struggling for the past couple of years now, but it's something that I firmly believe as well. Huddersfield, I don't think, have an overly great squad if I'm going to be honest as well. So there's definitely an argument on, on both sides of that debate. Yeah, certainly. And I think, I think I definitely agree with you with the, the sheer gulf of quality. The players can't, uh, Sheffield Wednesday have, they've got a few bits of championship quality in there. Dawson in there, they've got Josh Windass and Barry Bannon. But other than that, you're really struggling to find much that would certainly keep them up. Does that, uh, Chris, does that give you a bit more sympathy for the managers in charge of these jobs, you know, they're coming, coming against a Leeds, they're coming against the likes of Leicester. Do you think they deserve a bit more time, for example, like Cisco did at Sheffield Wednesday? Um, I don't think it's a case of them needing more time, to be honest, because um, I have to agree with Jordan to an extent. There's a debate for both sides of the coin here. But one thing I will say, and I've said it, I've said it a few times before, is that the three teams who came down for Premier League, other than Southampton, you could argue their performance last season was shocking, but they gave it a good go under Ruben Sellers, and that's what a lot of people miss: their performances against some of the top six. You know, the draw against Arsenal, uh, knocking Man City out of the Carabao Cup, beating Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. They gave it a good go at staying in the Premier League. And I think if you told a Southampton fan those results, they'd be shocked to hear they were relegated the season, they'd done all that. But at the same time, you look at the way Leicester played against Leeds, they looked clueless. And players like Undidi and Dewsbury Hall have been absolutely phenomenal since coming down to the Championship. They haven't looked on the ball in the Premier League, but 
as soon as they came down to the championship, they picked up all that form once again. But and I think the same with Middlesbrough and Sunderland, we've seen with those that they can have these good spells of form, but they'll slip up somewhere. Sunderland normally in the playoffs. They did that numerous times in League One. Um, so I don't think it's a case of managers needing more time. The one thing I will say on the relegation fight is in the past few seasons, we seem to have seen more clubs relegated for financial problems, points deductions leading from financial problems, than we are seeing performances on the pitch. Yeah, certainly. Uh, I think it's safe to say that, as you said, it's not just quality that differs the sides at the bottom and the top of the table, but it also is the financial aspects. I think Leicester have got years ahead of them where they're not going to have any financial worries, but you see sides down there, such as Sheffield Wednesday, such as QPR, who always have to be looking over the back and making sure that the club is running smoothly, otherwise you know, bigger issues well, one, will come along. One thing with QPR is, I think it was The Athletic posted a couple of weeks ago now, um, some frustrations that were going on back, uh, behind the scenes, because they do have players to sell. And I think one of the main problems that was being... Uh, discussed apparently was that players like Elias Chair, Chris Willock, they weren't really cashing in on the interest on these players. And given he didn't, given he didn't play much for the side, but you know Elias Chair is a World Cup semi finalist, and that is something that can up the price tag almost. And Chris Willock had a n- n- uh, numerous clubs interested in him but they, none of them seem to have decided whether to stay or go. Yeah, it certainly is a bit of a weird one. Like that World Cup status, no matter how much you played, it, the amount that would lift the price tag, it could be like five, even 10 million. We saw it with Alexis McAllister going to Liverpool for, was what, 60 million? I mean, if, if they got knocked out in the last 16, I think he would have went for 25 mil tops, but that might just be me. But um, in terms of that gulf, in terms of finances, do you think there's anything that could perhaps be done to stop that, Jordan? Maybe less or completely get rid of parachute payments or perhaps increase winnings for getting promoted from League One and the League One playoff final? Possibly. Um, We've seen, you mentioned the parachute payments as well. We've seen it quite a few times now in which clubs have, have come down from the Premier League after not having having the best of seasons and they've, they've got all this money uh, over time, granted. Um, answering, and you see the amount of clubs that have come up one, maybe two seasons max as well. Uh, there's definitely that there's definitely that aspect to it in which, um, yes, they'll have to sell players, but they've also got the funds to, to freshen up the squad. Some of the likes of Leicester have done this year, Leeds, Leeds as well getting a few players off those books. Uh, you mentioned winnings as well. Again, it is possibly, again, um, it'll obviously mean more to the clubs that are maybe not as financial stable, financially stable, sorry, into a bit like some of the clubs, that are especially up there in the league as well, who have who have, uh, have got decent ownership and have got a decent backing behind them. So th- th- there's a case to be made. Um, I'd definitely say that 
Um, it's it's starting to. I think I think with the championship, it's it's going to that point now in which some of the some of the teams. I mean, we're, I think you could maybe make a case for nearly half, very nearly that I think could hold their own in the Premier League now, and it's just constantly it's just constantly on the up. Um, so. Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely, I'd definitely say that as well. But as I mentioned as well, with the the teams that are down, they probably don't get that um, that sort of luxury as well. And, and just, I mean, you you've seen Reading situation last year as well, who went down for not for off mainly off the pitch issues as much as they weren't really great on it. Same with QPR. I think you know they're a bit circus at the minute. They they need help more than others. But I don't know. It's it's just one of those things, I guess. Yeah, certainly. Chris, do you think something as, well, as what some might say, fairly erratic to get rid of parachute payments, do you think that could be favourable for for the championship and the lower sides to give them a bit more of a standing chance? I wouldn't say get rid of them. I would change how they're dealt with because one of the issues is... Um, that obviously the parachute payments are split over three years. And I think what's going wrong with the parachute payments isn't uh, where the money's going. It's what happens to the money if a team immediately returns to the Premier League. Chances are Leicester and probably Leeds will return. But I believe what happens to, last I checked anyway, was what happens to the remainder of the money if it if a team returns to the Premier League within those three years of payments, the money goes to the Premier League teams and gets divided amongst the teams of the Premier League, I believe. So that is something that I wouldn't scrap them entirely. I would potentially say change it so that it goes to the teams across the EFL. And not just for championship, League One and League Two potentially, because I know you'd be splitting it a lot of ways. But it is, especially when you reach League One and League Two level, it is money that could go a long way. Yeah, but funds such as that, which initially, as you say, are potentially going to the Premier League sides, which are more than comfortable financially. I think that it really would do the world of good for the struggling League One, League Two, and even if they spread it across non-league as well, I think that would certainly do the world of good. Uh, moving on, on the list we've got Manager Royal Rumble. Uh, <laughs> I'm not too sure if that's into, if that's about which manager's best or just in simple which manager's best at having a scrap. I believe the theme was planned to be any manager, uh, the manager we believe would win a Royal Rumble. Okay, I think yeah. fair enough. <laughs> I think we'll um we'll, we'll keep it with championship managers for this one. I think one one manager I'll definitely want to put forward for this. Oh, I tell you what, I wouldn't want to jump into Wayne Rooney in a dark alleyway. That's all I'll say. Well, on the subject of Wayne Rooney, he has actually been in WWE. I don't know if any of you remember it a long time yes, ago. Yes, I think I, I think I do. Wouldn't didn't he have an altercation with was it Wade Barrett? Wade Barrett, yeah. There yeah. was a, a segment where Wade Barrett would, because uh, he's a Preston North End fan, Wade Barrett. Mm. Um, and there was a segment where he was in the ring speaking about how much he hated Manchester United. 
and then he saw Wayne Rooney at the front of a crowd with his son and got in Wayne Rooney's face and Wayne Rooney slapped him. I remember seeing that. That was that was cool. Uh... Um, I don't think you can talk of anyone harder than that, surely. Look at the list. Do you know, David Wagner looks like he'd be nasty in a ring, in a WWE ring. Definitely. He certainly looks like someone who'd have a bit of a nasty streak. I think... But yeah, I'd go with Wagner for my pick, I think. Now, just, 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 yeah, just mine. I I did have a think about it because I I was going through the the league table as well. Uh, Wayne Rooney is, for me, the obvious one. Um, I mean, we've seen it before. I totally forgot about that altercation with him in WWE, but I did put out another, another, a couple of, a couple of them as well. I reckon Valerian Ishmael's got something about him from Watford. Like, he, he just seems like a bit of a scary bloke if you get on the wrong side of him. Same with possibly some someone like Daniel Farker or Mark Robbins. I feel you just don't want to mess with him um, in the ring because they'll, they're very capable of just pulling a rabbit out like that. I don't know. This I've, I've thought about this way probably a bit more in depth than probably what I should. Um, I think I just, if, if Matty <laughs> Taylor was still Rotherham manager, I think he'd have a, a good show. Big lad, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, he seems quite tall. I'm not sure if he is. <laughs> D- Dar- Darren know, Moore but... as well. I've I've been <laughs> in interview with him, and was just, I was staring yeah, up to him. Absolutely massive. Let, let, let's just hope ones. Neil Warnock doesn't come back for a Rotherham job because that'd be a bit like Ric Flair getting him a ring. <laughs> One more dance show. He'd be a bit of a dark horse, to be honest. Wouldn't want to lay a finger on poor Neil. One more dance, Sharon. Let's have it. Have we got? Have we got a a decision between the then for the go to? I think it's got to be Wayne I'm, Rooney for me. I'm sticking with Wagner, but I think you guys are going to outnumber me on Wayne Rooney here. Mm. I'm more than happy with Wayne Rooney, to be honest. Yeah. I just think what does it to me. Was it the dro- a drop ball that he went for? It might have been against Hull. I'm not too sure. But yes, it was. He was the, dro- the drop ball. And then that's it's like, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen enough. That Yeah, you'll do me. Yeah. Uh, you're winning I think now. Just skinhead Rooney was just a different animal. If we're talking about skinhead Rooney, then it's, it's no contest. I think it's safe to say. Oh, he was something else. Yeah, he certainly was. Uh, now on to... Slightly less important matters. We're going to go through a few of the the key games. Starting off with Blackburn against Preston. How did this end? One, how did this one end up going, Jordan? Um, yeah, a victory for Preston North End on um, in the Lancashire Derby at Ewell Park. A, a late, uh, a last minute winner from Liam Lindsay um, in the 90th minute. Suspect that I think it was uh, Ben Whiteman with the initial initial cross was offside. Um, but it, it count and Preston got the three points as well. I thought their first goal in particular was really well worked as well. Um, it was a good finish from, is it Liam Brown? Um, from good ball. I can't remember who put it in. Yeah, but I, it was a good ball. Brown, think, yeah. Yeah. But what I really, but what I really liked Preston as well was, was some of their 
counter-attacking play at, at times as well. Didn't have a lot of the ball. But, I mean, Blackburn had the chances to hit the bar a few times as well before Sammy Schmodix eventually scored for them. But um, it's, it's, a good, it's a good win for Preston. And, and winning a local derby in the last minute as well must be an unreal feeling, especially away from home as well. Yeah, certainly. And it seemed a few weeks ago after that defeat the whole they were in free fall, they'd dropped out of the playoffs for the first time since the start of the season. And their fortunes just it didn't seem like as if they were going to change. But now they've got two wins on the bounce and they've cemented the place into faith in the playoffs. Do you think that's somewhere where they'll potentially end up towards the end of the season, Chris? I don't. I think they'll miss out just on the basis of how inconsistent they've been, and I think going into the playoffs with this kind of inconsistency would be dangerous. I mean, just looking at the table now, uh, West Brom creeping up. So teams like West Brom and Hull, I think they might have an outside chance to creep in ahead of them. Sunderland and Southampton, I don't really see slipping out of those playoff spots. So I think if anyone is going to slip out is going to be Preston yeah fair enough and looking at Blackburn one player in particular who is shining is Sammy Smolix and it was a very tidy finish for him under the keeper by the Irishman do you think Jordan they've got to be there'll be some thinking fairly pessimistically like you'll be attracting a fair bit of interest for either clubs abroad or clubs in the top half of the championship Possibly, yeah. I think with the form that he's he's been on this this season for for Blackburn, he's he's been superb, and that form's always going to get some sort of interest. I think what concerns me the most about Schmodix is in, in recent years, especially when he was at back at Colchester in League Two, he'd have a fair few injury problems. So it's just more about keeping him fit as well. And if you keep if they can keep him fit, Blackburn have a player in. It, it, it's a special player. I mean, we've seen we've seen it before. He's had he's had good spells at Blackburn as well as what he previously had at Peterborough in in League One as well. I just think the system that he plays on um, under John, uh, John Dal Thomason, I think suits suits him perfectly. And <laughs> Blackburn Blackburn suffer with I think without a player like him as much as they've got some good players as it is anywhere like Tyree Stolen. Who's a player I like a lot. Joe Rankin Costello, as much as he's injured at the minute, has really grown into. But it's it's vital that they've got someone like Schmodix. Keeping him fit is going to be massive. But yeah, I think you're always going to get interest from a player that's in form as him this season, who's um who's really been Blackburn shining light. Yeah, certainly Blackburn will definitely want to keep on keep a hold of him on January and onwards. But moving on to Ipswich getting a three two win against Swansea. Just how this one unfold, Chris? Uh, yeah, Jack Taylor opened the scoring for Ipswich, and uh, Connor Chaplin doubled that. Up, oh, sorry, Connor uh, didn't open the scoring because Jay Fulton scored first for Swansea. Sorry, uh, but Connor Chaplin and George Harris netting from the spot gave them a three-one lead, and Jamal Lowe scored an injury time, but it was just a consolation, and that was after Liam Cullen was sent off. Um. Just looking at the stats for this one, Ipswich had 22 shots on goal of 37% possession compared to Swansea having 63% with seven shots. So not quite sure what's gone on there. But and again, 
Swansea have a red card, but they had less fouls less fouls than Ipswich. So well. I think it's time to worry about Swansea. Don't seem to be heading in the right direction under Michael Duff. They sit seventeenth uh, of the league right now with one win in their last five. So I think it could be time to start to worry. Possibly they've only won five games this season, and whether Michael Duff was the man for that job, I'm not sure. Yeah, certainly. And you mentioned there, twenty-two shots across thirty-seven percent. Possession for Ipswich, it's totaled up to a shot every 15 passes, which is just fairly incredible. I think it's safe to say. Would you suggest that they're front runners now for promotion, Jordan? Um, no denying the job that Kieran McKenna has done um, at Ipswich uh, so, so far during his whole reign, but especially this season, the way they've they've taken the championship like a duck to water, and they've been fantastic in terms of promotion. Um, you see, you see Leicester doing all right despite the little wobble recently. At least, well, I think they'll be very much in in the thick of it if they can keep everyone um, fit and, and and all that stuff. One thing I will say on, on Ipswich as well, it's it's interesting, especially playing at Portman Road. I've, what I seem to notice is the amount of goals that, that take place in their games um, at Portman Road. Um, they they went one 0 down early on as well. They conceded twice um, early against against um, Birmingham the previous Saturday and then Rotherham in midweek in which they conceded um, um, before before 15 minutes. And again, when they uh, conceded um, f- from seven, it's like, it's, it was enough. They need to just get over their slow starts. But when they do really, when they do hit their stride, they're a real threat. And the way they, they move the ball, move the balls, sorry, is, is impressive. Jack Taylor's goal is superb. If if any of you have seen yeah. it, it was a great yeah, quality. No chance for the keeper. Absolutely incredible stuff. Bend it. I think yeah, it had a bit of bit of bend on it as well. You can have three keepers that oh. no one's saving that. <laughs> um, that it's, it's the way that they're really intelligent on the ball as well. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot to like about Ipswich at the moment. Um, the way they knock the ball around. You know, they score loads of goals. Maybe on the defensive side, it could be worked on, especially in in recent games as well. They've conceded six in three. Um, not many teams are going to beat them this season. I, I really do stand by that. I, I generally think they've got a real chance this year if they can carry it on. Yeah, so they were... uh, Chris, it's been... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, say, they, they were solid defensively last season. Um, they obviously went on that incredible run without conceding a goal. But one, one thing I'd like to say is, on what Jordan said about they always seem to have an answer. And... That that's what defines teams in the Premier League, really, and you you see it a lot from teams like Arsenal in the top top six, uh, teams like Arsenal, Chelsea, Manchester United. Uh, not so much now because Manchester United don't do much coming from back from behind nowadays. But um, it either. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is it is what defines these Premier League teams, the, the character to sort of come back from behind and that's exactly what Ipswich is showing under Kieran McKenna right now and I think it is that Premier League goal he set out because he did he did sort of I think he even name checked Manchester United in his end of season interview saying he'd love to go back to the Premier League and beat them soon and it looks like he could be getting his chance sooner Yeah certainly we are starting to sound like a broken record but it is yet again another 
win for Ipswich. We'll be moving on to Leeds versus Plymouth right after this. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Now on to Leeds against Plymouth. The home side came out as 2-1 victors. Jordan, how did this one unfold? Um, yeah, in interesting one. First and foremost, it's another win for for Leeds as well. They're going really well at the minute. I think the goals in which they scored, I think, I think from a Plymouth Ar- Argyle perspective, I think they're really poor goals to give away. Um, I think one, of, it was one of their players that, that first one in particular. Squared, I think, that, yeah, that's that squared the ball to Dan James. Uh, lovely finish from him as well. And then the second goal, they worked it really well for Shaw Perot. Um, this was after, I think, Christensio Somerville had a goal ruled out as well. And um, yeah, Ben Wayne pulled one back um, for the away side, like five minutes to go. But it was it was just a bit bit too late as well. Uh, what I've seen here as well, that Leeds have won six of their last seven uh, games in which they've only lost the other as well. So they're a side that are banging form at the minute. And uh, just enjoy playing their football under Daniel Farker. Yeah, certainly. You mentioned uh, Joel Pirro there. He's certainly been a shrewd addition for Leeds and he really has lived up to that championship pedigree that he showed last season with Swansea. Would you agree, Chris? Yeah, and I think the attacking situation in general is fantastic at Leeds. You know, Somerville is attracting all that interest for the Premier League and... Wilfred Ganonto can't even get a sniff at a, a, a game at the moment, but obviously that's just as much his own fault as it is performances with his uh, summer antics. But Perot has been has been fantastic, and it it's not been a case of adjusting to a new league for him, which has obviously made it a bit easier. It's just been a case of he's got to adapt to a new system, which is obviously still some pressure, but it's not as hard as having to come into a new team in a new division. Yeah, certainly. And it's a fairly favourable, it's certainly not an embarrassing result in terms of Plymouth Jordan. But looking at the table, they do really need to be looking behind the shoulder. They're sat there in 19th. And is it only a case of the bottom three sides being so poor so far in the first 16 games that they do have that five point cushion? I think so, yeah. Um, look, let's be honest, I don't think many teams are going to go to Eleanor this year and pick up a result. So I don't think there's any shame in losing that. Um, what I've noticed about Plymouth as well, they've won one in eight, uh, which has included three draws. Um, but oh, but they are five points clear of the, bot- of the bottom three at the minute. I do think with the fact that the bottom three at the minute is, I think is at the minute, 
so far gone, especially Sheffield Wednesday in Rotherham, just at this moment in time. There's still plenty of way to go. Um I think I think they'll be okay. Even with QPR as well, I'm I'm still I still have my doubts about that one. Whether they get out, I think I think they'll be fine. I thought at the start of the season, I think they had a good enough squad to survive. Uh, Barley Mumba was excellent in League One. So was Morgan Whitaker when they had him. Um, they've got they've got quality players that can hurt teams on day on their day. Um, but one thing that will keep them up is their form at home park. They seem to be a different team when they've got the home support behind them as well. And although results haven't been probably the best at the moment as well, um, at the moment, I just think they've got enough. I can, I, I generally fondly believe that as well. Stephen Schumacher is a manager I like as well. He'll make sure that Plymouth won't, won't go down. And I can, unless they have a massive collapse and like one of those bottom three teams has the ultimate upturn in form, which I think at the minute is unlikely. I, I think they'll be fine. I'm going to be honest. Can I just I say as well, we've yeah, go ahead. We we spoke yeah. just going a bit off topic from performances on the pitch. We've spoke about fan chants in the past, and some of the videos I've seen of some of the ones from this game were absolutely fantastic. Um, chinos, yeah, Leeds lead, lead <laughs> yeah. majority of the game winding up a lad in chinos. Um, I think the other one was. Um, the Plymouth fans were singing that Leeds is a shithole and they want to go home. And um, <laughs> the, Leeds fans, the Leeds fans responded with, that's why you're still here, because Plymouth's even worse. So it, was, it was one of those... It was one of those games that had yeah. that perfect balance of banter we've spoke about with fan chants in the past. Yeah, it's, it's certainly, uh, I think Leeds definitely are one of the more creative when it does come to the the chance in between the two sets of fans. Yeah, br- brilliant stuff at Ellen Road, a uh, resounding victory for Leeds against Plymouth. Now on to what I believe was one of the biggest surprises of the weekend. Chris, what happened at Cardiff City Stadium? Yeah, um, Norwich finally ended their winless run. Uh, with a 3-2 victory over Cardiff. Uh, Callum Robinson and Josh Bowler on the score sheet for Cardiff. But Christian Fagsnacht, uh, Adam Eder and our own goal from Ryan Wintle saw Norwich pull come out of this with three points. Um, a fairly even game. Norwich looked a lot more disciplined than they've looked in the past. Um so, yeah, they'll be hoping to sort of expand on this under Wagner. And we, we spoke about he's probably the most under pressure manager in the championship ahead of uh, behind Matt Taylor when he, well, it was last week when Matt Taylor was still Rotherham manager. So uh, we said Wagner wouldn't be surprising to see him be the next manager to go. And he certainly boosted his esteem with the club. So it looks like a ch- it looks like a challenge he could take on and still be manager, but I don't think they go in the right direction under Wagner, so it may be time to part company. Yeah, potentially. Um, I mean, the game went from bad to worse for Norwich when Callum Robinson scored in the 43rd minute to get them 2-1 up after some fairly shambolic marking to succumb the threat from the attacker, and he was able to just... Leap ahead of them. Do you think 
Jordan they deserve a bit of credit, Norwich, for not letting the wind get blown out of the sails there and stop, you know, keep fighting on because I feel like any other game, the last two games we've seen, that probably will have happened. Yeah, I I I believe so as well. Um it's no doubt it's a big win for not just for David Wagner's future, but also in terms of their like current league status at the minute for because they want to be pushing at the right end of the table. It certainly have bought him more time um that he could turn around. I think they've got QPR next. So that'll be the real teller, I I think, whether that whether or not Norwich can back this result up. Um like Chris said, I don't think David Wagner is the full future at Forest. Uh, Norwish, sorry, not Forest. Uh, don't know where I got that one from. But at the, but at the same time as as well, it's it's a win that do him the world of good. But also the players as well. I think there's a sense that some of them might not care as, as much, maybe. But you know that they, they gave it a real good go. And I think the character as well, because they were losing for a, for quite a part of that game as well, in which they scored two goals relatively late as well. Um, 82 and 84 is what I'm seeing as well. So um, I'll be surprised if that's not given the players confidence. Um, it's, like I said, for David Wagner, I think it's huge, but it's all about following that up now. Um, you know, they've, they've picked, it was the first win in six. For a club like Norwich, with the squad that they've got, they, they really should be pushing for a minimum playoffs. Um, it's, it's just a the squad they are, but... I think that they need they should take huge credit from this because Cardiff a tough team to beat nowadays. Uh in this season in particular as well. They've they've really made it tough teams as well. And I mean Norwich went out 20 shots themselves, so they really made a good game with it. Cardiff with 13 as well. But it's it's it could be a huge win, but it's only a huge win now if they're going back it up against what quite quite frankly at the moment is a poor QPR side. Yeah, I, I think I think if Wagner doesn't come out of QPR with three points, I think he's done. Yeah. Despite the um, victory with Cardiff, I think any any side going to Cardiff and getting a win, do you not think that's given him maybe a two or three game cushion? Normally, I'd say yes, but I think given how QPR are and they're still adjusting under a new manager, I just I don't see him still having a job if he doesn't pick up a win over Norwich. And just we spoke about players. Um, Jonathan Rowe has been absolutely fantastic for Norwich this season. Um, he only made three appearances um, at the end of last season. Got him into the side. I think he's, I'm not sure, 100%. I think he's scored eight this season in all competitions. He started off um, well. I remember. So, yeah, yeah, I feel was... like he, he petered off a bit actually recently. Mm. This game he played well. He set up the the final goal after a good shimmy to uh, get rid of Kutas, I think, the Cardiff centre back. But the past few games, I think he's been a bit subpar personally. I know four of his goals came in his first four. Um, but I think the one thing is, is he's a young lad and. One of the reasons he might have dropped off is because he's so young. You know, he's he's forced his way into the England youth team setup as well. I think he scored on his first game for the England youth team as well. Um, but he's now getting all that Premier League interest, and it's a case of do they hang on to him in January because his contract is up in twenty twenty five, I think. 
and there's yet to be any sort of progress on that. And with uh, teams like Wolves and Aston Villa and Burnley and Sheffield United as well, I think, are all thinking of making a move. Uh, apparently, Wolves were uh, considering making a move in January. So if they lose him, it could be a massive blow to the team. Yeah, certainly. It will be troubling times ahead at Carrow Road if they were to let go of Jonathan Rowe. And there's also some fairly troubling times ahead at Hillsborough. I think it's safe to say, Jordan, uh, how did this one end? Um, yeah, an- another Sheffield Wednesday defeat. I don't think there's any point sugarcoat in it as well. Um, credit to Millwall as well, uh, winning 4-0 at Hillsborough as well. And uh, Joe Webb was his first game in charge. He was appointed fairly recently as well. Um, Wallace gave him the lead just on the half-hour mark. And, um I think it was their second goal. Uh, George Savile, um, it's, it's another s- superb hit. Um, it was another quality goal, but again, Wes Harding just just after half time brought Norton Coffee to to seal the goal scoring. But it's a really good win for Millwall actually, um, in the sense that it's, it's their, it was their first it was their first win in five in which they've drawn three and they've lost two. But it's it's just looking so bleak at the minute for Sheffield Wednesday as well. Bottom of the league, nine points from safety, seven goals scored, which is the lowest in the division by quite a bit. Uh, one one win, twelve defeats. It's just not. It's just looking quite bleak at the minute as well. Losing four nil at home in particular as well. Um, yeah, it, it's just not. A, it's just not a good look at the minute. If Danny Roll can somehow find a way to keep Sheffield Wednesday up, he deserves the utmost. He deserves being knighted. Uh, quite frankly, under the the challenges that Sheffield Wednesday have, not just in the league, but also their ownership situation with Chan Siri as well. Um, yeah, it's absolute mess at the minute for, for Sheffield Wednesday. There's, there's no way of saying it. Yeah, I, I think it's safe to say that he would be given the keys to the Sheffield Town Hall if he was able to turn it around. But as you say, it is looking very bleak. In particular, looking at the, the fourth goal, which, well, safely safe to say that the wind had been blown out the sails already but we saw I think it was Norton Cuffey take on Masaba and Masaba's just very lacklustre in getting a challenge in. Do you think that's just part and parcel of a side just with absolutely no confidence, Jordan? Yeah, I'd probably agree. Um take nothing away from Norton Cuffey. I think it was it was a really good burst into the box as well. But um confidence is another thing as well. I think they needed. I feel like they needed to freshen the squad up a little bit. You mentioned earlier they do have some decent players that are good championship level players. I, there's just so many issues at the minute in which it's all bundling together to make to make this scenario as well. And but 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 you look at it as well. This is coming from a side in which have finished what on not 95, 96 points I think in in League One last year in which they won the playoffs in quite super fashion as well the the drop off in the space of in the space of time since their Wembley win against Barnsley has been staggering i knew i, I thought they'd be in trouble from the off i think with because they pointed Cisco Munoz earlier i just i just wasn't convinced and even and even more so since they've got rid of Munoz and have brought roll in as well i think with roll as well it's it's a good appointment for a long term. I think at the minute, what they needed was something more shorter, um, potentially like a Neil Warnock. Although it probably would have been controversial with his Sheffield United things, but 
he'd have been perfect for a situation like him at the minute. But would he have said, even then, I think at the minute, they they just look so far gone with, with their squad. I, I don't know what to think. It's it's just not great for him at all at the minute. Um, fans are getting bored, um, losing every week. Well, they need half time to just go to the boozer. <laughs> yeah, just staying. Uh, that's how I felt about my team recently. And so we've won at the weekend. Um, just staying stay in the pub. Fanta, yeah, just just do that. It's no. If you're a Sheffield Wednesday fan at the minute, it feels like a. It must feel like a chore going to Hillsborough. It it must, and I really do struggle to see our way out of it at the moment. I really do. Bit of a uh, yeah. bit of a luck sports media favourite on the score sheet as well there in Brook Norton Cuffey. Yes, history. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, history I, I I'm a massive fan. Um, I, I really hope this is his last season out on loan, uh, coming from an Arsenal point of view, um, especially with our, I wouldn't necessarily say problems at right back, but Tommy Asu gets injured a lot and Ben White needs a break, especially now that we've got Champions League football as well and things like that. So I do I do hope Brooke Norton Cuffey after this gets a chance in the Arsenal team because he is a fantastic player and if anyone from Arsenal's youth academy can break into that first team right now, it would be Brooke Norton Cuffey. Yeah, and he certainly did light Hillsborough a light uh, at the weekend. But I was, I was chatting to uh, Joe Cran earlier today and he's saying the Danny Roll appointment still very optimistically, saying there's been a lot of improvement on the pitch. The results haven't came quite yet, but... A sign of that coming. Do you think? Do you echo them thoughts, Chris, or is it just a case of him comparing it to just how shite Cisco was? I just, I just think the club's dead in the water at the moment. Um, they they were extremely fortunate to get promoted last season. I, I take nothing away from what they did to get promoted, but I just think with their runner form to lose when you know. It came to February, March time, and we were talking about um, they'd won the league already, and they had that drastic drop off. Um, they came uh, during that time. They we threw away a two nil lead to them at Wadden Road. Um, uh, I think they lost. Was it they? Did they lose to Forest Green or did they draw? I yeah, think I think they lost. Oh, a lot I think I'm pretty sure they lost. Yeah. Um, but again, taking nothing away, but yeah, I just think they're fortunate and you can't come up to the championship on that level of inconsistency. And I think that was the biggest red flag of Sheffield Wednesday getting promoted was if that inconsistency gets taken into the league, into the championship season, it was going to be a long season for them. And obviously we saw their hopes dented a bit more by more leaving at the start of the season as well over the disagreements they had there. So I, I just think the club is destined to go back down to League One. And if things continue the way they are, I don't see a way out of League One for them again, for, for not for a long time anyway. No, certainly not. Definitely troubling times ahead at Hillsborough and it's not looking much better for their South Yorkshire compatriots, Rotherham, who lost 5-0 away to Watford. Thought it was the previous one, Chris. Yeah, um, we spoke about Watford being 
one of the most boring games of last weekend, and it certainly wasn't this weekend. Uh, Rajovic with a brace. Uh, Tom Ince was on the score sheet with Edo Edo Kembe, and Mateus Martin scored an injury time to make it five. Not an overly dominant display, though. Um, it was just a sign of how poor Rotherham are, really. Uh, Watford only had five more shots than Rotherham, but Rotherham only managed two on target. And like we spoke about at the start of the podcast, Matt Taylor's now gone since that result. Um, and I did say you can't be losing games, not to a team who are in the sort of same area of the table as you. Um, because when you're losing by five in that area of, of a pitch, you're not just uh, in that area of the table, sorry. You're not just losing the points, you're losing the goal difference as well. And, you know, Watford, uh, just looking at the table, they're now 13th, so they are pulling away from that relegation spot, uh, those relegation places. They're undefeated in their last five as well with three wins. So things are starting to turn around. But at the same time, we've heard talk of from Watford fans in the past of how stale the football is under Ishmael. And even unbeaten in five some Watford fans still aren't happy with the progress. So it goes to show what else is going wrong at the club. Yeah, they certainly have went up the table a little bit, slightly under the radar. I wasn't aware that they'd went five unbeaten and had taken themselves away from relegation spots a little bit. Would you suggest that it's maybe a bit of a a false position? I know there was that quote a couple of years ago, Jonathan Woodgate, I think, saying that the table's lying, it's lying. Do you think it's a case of this here, Jordan? Uh, Watford's not actually playing up to the standards as the table shows? I think it's certainly a case. But I think in terms of recent form, no. Because like you say, that they, they have gone on a decent run. Uh, you say it was unbeaten in five. What I noticed, it might have been unbeaten in six, actually. I noted three wins and three draws um, in my notes. But, but, but anyway, it's not... It's the fact that they're not losing games as as well. Um, three wins, saying that they can win, but as, but also with those draws, I mean, I mean, some of those draws have been quite frankly uninspiring. I, th- I think it was them that played Huddersfield last week. It was the nil-nil draw, and watching the highlights from that is looked like one of the worst games of football I've seen for a long time. Um, but I mean, they're up to thirteenth, so you know that the run's not to be understated. We, we've seen the job that. Valerian Ishmael has maybe done in the past with, um, well, with with Barnes in particular. Freak season, possibly. Um, but he still did a miraculous job there. Didn't work the best at West Brom. But I've always thought his football at times was a bit stale. Um, and I think with the goals that they, that they scored as well, they were, they were good goals, to be fair. But if you're from a Rotherham perspective, I thought they were really poor. Um, some some of their defending for a couple of them, especially on on the counter attack as well. It seemed like Rotherham didn't have an answer. Um, I think it was their fifth goal um, for what for Watford. It just let the man just completely just run into the box and like get to the centre and then just pull it back in. It was a good finish from the lad, but he should not be given that much space at all. But I mean, you've, you've just got to take it on, aren't you? It's the fact that. Yeah. The run, the run, the run beating in six. They're, they're doing all right at the minute. They're, I think there's someone gone under the radar in the sense of they're not doing too bad at the moment. Um, you, you mentioned about the uh, 
the uh, the stableness of the club, let's say. Um, but I mean, at the minute, they're not losing games. But we've mentioned how trigger happy Watford's managers can be, and some of the performances probably weren't that um, in stages. But but some but some haven't. And look, if you win five 0 what I see, it, I just see it as you've won five 0 It's probably a good performance all around, as much as it maybe could be a freak to some. It's just a really good performance all around. Five 0 results don't come often. Yeah, certainly yeah, a very good point. Yeah. Not not to take anything away from Watford, but you look at the teams below them, I I count four teams below them who just seeing them below them is shocking. You know, Birmingham falling all the way to sixteenth now. Yeah. Mill Millwall, I think under Edwards, and especially it, ignoring the fact that it was Sheffield Wednesday that they beat. Um they probably will go on some form of run under Edwards. And I wouldn't say they'll get into the playoffs. I think they'll push them because uh, they were able to last season. But as well, you've got three teams below uh, Watford who are winless in five now. Uh, those are Coventry, uh, QPR and Birmingham. So it, it doesn't... I wouldn't say it's a case of the tables lying. It's a case of a lot of teams aren't living up to the expectations that are set of them. And I I don't think that speaks much of anyone else in the division because at the same time, I don't think there's anyone other than Ipswich perhaps, but again, given the way they performed, I don't think there's anyone in the top half of the league who's actually taken me by surprise with their performances and how, how they're doing this season. We you not say Cardiff have been a bit of a surprise so far this season or was that someone that you expected to be in and around the playoffs? Um, I expected them to be in and around really. I know they've had their troubles but um, I think the addition of players like Ramsey who adds a real leadership quality as well as some top level experience to the side. So I, I would have expected with Ramsey in the side helping push from forward, I would have expected Cardiff to sort of make a push up the table. Um, if I had to go with anyone else to surprise me in the top half right now, um, it would be for the wrong reasons. And that's Blackburn sitting so far down below the playoffs. I know there's not many points in it, but Blackburn currently sitting in 12th. They're just mm. inconsistent for me. Yeah, but a lot of sides are on that mid-table. Like between eleventh and eighteenth, there's only three points splitting them sides, and I feel like it's just very congested, just full of yeah, like you say, very inconsistent sides in there. Even looking at it now, uh, even between third and eighth, there's five points. So. It just just shows that anyone can really get into the playoffs in this championship campaign. It's been quite a good one, quite a campaign so far. And the game at the Riverside Stadium certainly showed for that. Middlesbrough coming out as 1-0 victors against Leicester. Talk us through this one, Jordan. Um, yeah. Um, with this sort of game as well, two of, I feel, two of the strongest, uh, some of the strongest teams in the league, Leicester for sure. But Middlesbrough as well, the way they've been building on last year, despite their slow start, I think 
I think I thought from the off it was going to take something special for any side to win this, and it's come from Sam Greenwood for Middlesbrough, and what a free kick it was as well. Um, absolutely sublime as well. Quite late on as well, I believe it was. It was like, like the last five minutes or so. Um, don't know where he pulled it off from. It was, quite frankly, a stunning hit. Hermansen got nowhere near it. No keepers getting nowhere near it. Um, but it's impressive for Middlesbrough. They've won seven of the last nine now um, under Mike, under Michael Carrick. It's back-to-back defeats for Leicester as well. A um, little bit of a wobble, although they have played um, Middlesbrough, who are one of the, I feel, one of the best sides. But also Leeds as well, with the, the form that they've been on there. Absolutely flying. So um, I think with, with the start of the season that Leicester have had, I think this was possibly due, although it, or at times they looked unplayable and thought that, quite frankly, they, they could have won. The, I felt they could have won the league quite easily. I think they still could, but, but quite more comfortably with a few more wins. But yeah, I mean, it's a cra- it's a cracking way for Middlesbrough to win it, and they and they pick up the three points in what looked to be a bit of a, a close affair, despite having Leicester having sixty seven percent of the possession, I think. But yeah, fantastic win for Middlesbrough. They keep climbing. Yeah, certainly. Leicester have been a bit hit and miss as of recent. That's two defeats in a row now. We saw them lose to Leeds earlier on, and they also only just squeezed out a victory away at QPR and. They needed a, a red card for the home side to, and, and a bit of brilliance from Harry Winks as well to get ahead of them. So would you suggest that this result was sort of expected? Is it not much of a surprise to you, Chris? I wouldn't say I expected it, but I think it's a case of, I spoke at the start about how players have performed for Leicester, you know, and Harry Winks is one of them as well, who's been fantastic for Leicester as well. Um. I think it's just a case of the players looking tired already. Um, I wouldn't say they've necessarily been figured out, but Jordan spoke about the possession stat, about Leicester having 67% of the ball. And I think if we had to talk about any stat lying to us in football, it would have to be the possession stat. Because I think it was a similar case of they had majority of the ball against Leeds, but majority of the, t- of the game against Leeds was spent trying to get out their final third, passing the ball around. So I think the possession stat you'd have to ignore, really. Um, As well, going into a game like this, it would have been a case of Middlesbrough would have just been happy to sit back and soak up pressure and try hit Leicester on the break. Um, The international break's coming up, so they might get some... I'm not sure who Leicester's next game is. Uh, they have Watford next, so they're coming up against a team in form. Yeah, they have Watford and Sheffield Wednesday, their next two games, so you'd expect to win when they go to Sheffield Wednesday. Um, Watford could be another bump in the road for them, though, and it's opened up this title race now with Ipswich being level on points with them. Yeah, and Leeds certainly aren't too far behind as well with eight points, but they certainly got the form over the Foxes. But going back onto Middlesbrough, we saw an absolutely incredible goal from Sam Greenwood Jordan. The free kick was just absolutely sublime, and he's been in some great form as of recent four goals in his last six. Yeah, he's been on fantastic form, and that, and that's the sort of quality that he possesses, and something that Middlesbrough 
I feel that need it. I think they've got a lot of quality in their squad anyway, in terms of their attacking play. But as, as you, it's just it's just a fantastic hit. Like that that late on as well against one of the well, no, it's, it's no point saying one of the the best team in the position at the minute. Um, it was it was a, like I said, it was a game that a rabbit needed to pull out the hat. I think for either team to to get a positive outcome. What I will say on Leicester as well, I feel like with these um, back-to-back defeats, um, I, I do somewhat see it as the fact that the international break has come at a good time. I think they, they just needed that refresh after after a back-to-back defeat. Just that bit of time off and then focus. Like I said, they've got Watford next, potential banana skin with the form they've been on, but you fully expect him to go to Sheffield Wednesday and pick up three points there. But then further down the line, as, other than West Brom, they've got... They've got Plymouth to play, Millwall to play, Birmingham in poor form, then Rotherham. They've got some favourable games coming up. So um, it's, it, it'll certainly be a good opportunity to to get some points on the board. But it'll also be a test of their character as well, see how they come back. I'll be, I'll be intrigued to see how they do. I don't think I don't think there'll be many problems, to be fair. But yeah, just just a brilliant brilliant goal and, a, and just a brilliant win for, for Middlesbrough as well. Um at the riverside as well because when that place is bouncing it is bouncing um with a result like that so fair play to him yeah certainly i think looking at leicester in particular chris and their substitutions you could bring anyone off the bench and most likely make an impact you've got that prim league squad depth still from last season but looking at players who did come on for example jamie vardy came on could you make an argument that that was potentially the wrong substitution? You've got players such as Mark Albright and, and even the likes of Pats and Dacca, who's got leaps and bounds of pace. Yeah, you could say Vardy was potentially the wrong substitution, but then at the same time, you've got to look at his Premier League track record. Obviously, Dacca's played in the Premier League, but Vardy's done more than play in the Premier League. He, he's performed in the Premier League. Um of this era of the Premier League, just for that title-winning performance and the couple of seasons after, he'll probably go down as one of the better strikers we've seen. I wouldn't say one of the best because obviously we've we have seen better, but just for that record that he holds in the Premier League, he is up there. Um, so it is a case of, and again, you can argue his age, but it is a case of the experience he has and the fact that he can still perform at that age. Um, you know, he might be one, he might be a case of he still has a, quite a few more years in him. I think he's what's he at now? Is he at 36? About 36, yeah, I think so. Yeah, he is. Um, so yeah, I, I, to be performing the way he does, he, he hasn't, he hasn't been performing as much for Leicester this season, but it is a case of. <laughs> Players like Ian Acho and then the midfielders in Winks and Dewsbury Hall and Didi have all stepped up and been the players that Leicester needed them to be. But I don't know about you guys, but as a Leicester fan, seeing players like Ndidi and Dewsbury Hall step up, if you were in the position of a Leicester fan, would you not be disappointed that these signings couldn't do it in the Premier League when you needed them to? Yeah, I, I, get, I get that. They've showed so much quality in the championship and it is just a case of where was 
all this when not when it mattered. Well, yeah, when it mattered most when the club was coming down to the championship, where it really shouldn't have done. Because I'd still believe this is a a mid-tabling Premier League side with the quality that we've yeah, got. I'm yeah, I agree. I, I'm strongly of the opinion that Leicester were. I I do say that majority. Of, again, like I said, you can hide yourself, Hampton, but. I don't think Leicester and Leeds deserve to go down last season. Um, I would argue that Everton should have gone down over Leicester last season. Um, they were fortunate with results and obviously the experience of bringing in Sean Dyche helped them. But going back to the subject of the players, Ndidi, when they signed him, he was he was brought in to replace Kante going into Chelsea. And for a while, he looked like he was the perfect replacement for Kante. He looked like he could do everything Kante did for Leicester. Yeah, certainly. And it's, I wouldn't quite say troubling times for Leicester, but the have become a little bit complacent and they will be looking behind the shoulder at like it's which you are now level with them and Leeds who are also eight points off them automatic places. Now, last but not least, Sunderland 3-1 victory against Wayne Rooney's Peterborough. Chris, how did this one unfold? Uh, Birmingham, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where Peterborough's came from at all. I'm sure they yeah. enjoyed their weekend. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, and it's Joe Bellingham open the scoring against his former club. Um, his brother Jude spoke quite highly of him on social media after that one as well. Um, Koji Miyoshi uh, equalised on the half-hour mark, uh, which saw us go into half-time in this one at one all. But uh, Dion Sanderson own goal in the 57th minute and a Achucci, if I've said that right, I, if I've said that wrong, I apologise. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Sunderland making it free. And again, 22 shot from Sunderland and six on target. So a case of how a, what are teams in the championship doing with their chances to warrant so many shots off target um Birmingham the same 16 shots seven on target um one thing I will say about Sunderland shooting though is I think last weekend against Swansea they hit the bar three times I believe so but yeah, yeah. I mean they look at, they look quite a disciplined unit as well with only five fouls given away in that game they look very disciplined. Yeah, certainly. As for Birmingham, Jordan, 18th place in the league table, yet to get a win under Wayne Rooney, leaking goals like there's no tomorrow. <clears throat> just will this get turned around or is this just the start of even worse to come? Uh, it's, I think it's safe to say it's been an absolute nightmare start. For, for Wayne Rooney, five games in now, four, four defeats. Granted, the one draw was against Ipswich, but they were winning for most of that game as well, and they just struggled to see it out. Um, There's definitely some cause for concern. I think already, uh, early on in his reign, and, you know, going to Sunderland's always a tough place to go, but, I mean, 
it'd, it'd have hurt them to see Joe Bellingham score score against them as well. I think that 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 would have been another thing. But that it's not it's not about Joe. But it's Birmingham at the minute. Rick is look. I've I've gone on for the past few weeks saying that John Eustace was a big mistake. Loot getting rid of him and bringing Wayne Rooney in just because I, I they feel he's he's a big name in the in the in the footballing world, especially in this country. And I agree to that extent, but it's just for one reason or another, it's just not happening at the moment as well. Um, really powerful. But I've just seen as well they go to she- uh, they've got Sheffield Wednesday next as well. They no ifs or buts. They have to win that. Um, at St Andrews as well, because quite frankly, their recent form, they've gone, I think I saw they've gone from, was it 6 to I think they're 18th now, which is a, a real concern for them, especially with the way that they've started the season so well as well. They do have the players to, that could really hurt teams. We've seen Jay Stansfield, we've seen um, Ethan Laird, a couple of others as well. The uh, Miyoshi, Miyoshi, I think his name is, uh, probably wrong on that one. Um, Miyoshi, yeah, that's the one. So they do they do have quality in the squad, but at the minute it's for one reason or another, it's just not happening at the moment as well. And it's it is starting to get a little bit of concern even early on. Um just just for where they are and the, I think the the much improved squad that Birmingham have this season. Yeah, and the result three one, Sunderland Birmingham sees the Black Cats sixth in the league uh, in that last playoff position going into international break is that somewhere you'd expect them to be towards the latter stages of the season Chris I would expect them to be there whether they're there is an entirely different question because we know how inconsistent Sunderland are um they reached for playoffs last year and I think they they won the first leg over Luton didn't they and then lost the second yeah yes um so I think as a Sunderland fan, hearing the word playoffs is enough to give you nightmares. Um, especially with their League One track record with playoffs yeah. as well. Um, Charlton in the documentary. Wow. <laughs> Beautiful moment, that. Superb. Looking yeah, at their form, uh, Preston picking back up and Sunderland with two losses in their last five. <clears throat> Um, which I didn't actually realise they had two losses in their last five. They're only just ahead of uh, West Brom by one goal. So it's going to be a case of who can hold on to their form the longest of those two, I think. Um, yeah, certainly, it definitely is very cagey around there, isn't it? I think West Brom uh, are in the midst of takeover talks, are they not? I'm not, I'm not sure. I've not heard anything about that, to be honest. I'm sure I've heard something on a takeover at West Brom. I could be wrong, but I, I'm fairly sure I heard something on a West Brom takeover, but don't quote me on it. Um, But if that were to happen and West Brom had some money to spend in January, then it, it could be it could be a bad sign for teams like Sunderland. Yeah, it certainly uh, will, will be bad news yeah yeah and and that uh, result leaves Sunderland sixth in the league table making up the playoff spots alongside Leeds United Southampton and Preston and the top two in the league are Leicester City and Ipswich Town 
However, looking at the foot of the table, Sheffield Wednesday, QPR, and also Rotherham, and we'll have Coventry, Huddersfield, Plymouth and Birmingham also looking behind their shoulders at them relegation spots. But unfortunately, that is the end of the Look Sports Media Championship podcast. Chris, Jordan, thanks for coming on, lads. Thank you, you. been a pleasure as always. Yeah, great stuff. Make sure to tune in. In a couple of weeks' time, we'll be back after the international breaks. In the meantime, make sure to check all our socials, Instagram, Twitter, and why not check out the National League, League Two and League One podcast, which, of course, will be still going on because no international break in them for some reason. So, yeah, make sure to tune in to all them and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.